Welcome to the Marketing Millennials, the No BS Marketing Podcast. I'm Daniel Murray, and join me for unfiltered conversations with the brains behind marketing's coolest companies. The one request I tell our guests, stories or it didn't happen. Get ready to turn the f*** up. To me, it's right going after where your marketers are or your target segment is, and then hosting content there, educating them through podcasts, webinars, et cetera, so that it's it's like you've listened um, and you're not just spray and praying them. It's actually, you're actually going to where they're absorbing information. Type form. Forms that break the norm. Get more data like signups, feedback, and anything else with forms that are designed to be refreshingly different. Learn more and get started for free at typeform.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Marketing Millennials. Today, I have Patricia on the podcast. I'll let her tell you all about her background in marketing. But first of all, I want to say welcome to the podcast, Patricia. Thank you. Thanks for having me. My name is Patricia Rollins. I'm head of marketing at Typeform. And I'm super excited to be here. I want to ask you the first question, just so everybody knows your experience and where you came from. How did you get into marketing? Funny story. So it kind of just happened. So I uh, come from an Italian-American family. My whole family never went to college. You know, they owned pizzerias. And so I really didn't understand, you know, what I wanted to do and what I wanted to actually be when I grew up, except the fact of maybe I should work in a restaurant. Um, I actually got the opportunity in high school to write a paper in my, I think it was AP English class. And my mother uh, basically said, hey, you should go write this paper because I'm pretty sure you'll get an internship at IBM and IBM is a really good company. And so um, followed her lead with that piece of guidance. And I ended up getting an internship at IBM my junior year and senior year of high school. And um, they ended up pairing me with the VP of marketing there. Her name was Sandy Carter. um, And it kind of just spearheaded from there. She was able to put me in pretty much all areas of marketing. So I started in events. I then morphed into industry marketing. I then dabbled in communications, PR, analyst relations, and all of it. And it really just opened my eyes into what marketing is and what marketing could be. And uh, I continued working at IBM while getting my bachelor's and my master's. Uh, and um, I even launched the IBM Watson brand while being there. So I think I started in an odd spot, uh, but I was able to you know, finish off my career there with understanding pretty much all aspects of marketing. I think it's such an interesting story coming from a pizza restaurant background into marketing. That's such a... I've never heard that one before, which is cool. It's cool to have like that time. And your mom for pushing you to do that is awesome. That's great that she did that. But I want to also, I know you're big into what it actually means to understand your audience and not what other people think is understanding your audience and how to actually use that data to make decisions, give the audience what they want. But first I want to go into how do you recommend companies or brands start understanding the audience, especially in this coquillas future and having less and less data available to them? I mean, look, what I love about working at Typeform is that we are a form builder and the form builder is really a, a conversation 
in which you have with the other respondent on the other side. And as you have the conversation, you're basically collecting right zero party data. And so when I start looking at um, what we've done at Typeform is really understanding our personas and ICPs. So who are the individuals and companies that actually use our, our product? How do we go target them? to better use our product and inform them on what's advancing, uh, et cetera. Um, and in order to do that, I mean, it's it's basically collecting, right, as you mentioned, all of the zero-party data and then using it to better inform our campaigns, our activations. And then along with that, we have learnings. And then we'll obviously optimize and continue to basically target um, and be more creative. I think when I look at what we've done here is really understand a, the persona, who you're going after, et cetera, but also being clever in our activations and how we go target them. So we may start broad with, we're going to go target, right, that B2B marketer in XYZ company, maybe an SMB or mid-market. Um, however, though, that may be every, you know, a, a large market size. So then it's going a little bit crisper. It's like, how can you then segment by adding on intent? How can you go after where they're going to go market, let's say, you know, like marketing millennials, uh, as an example. Um, and then as we start going in deeper, it's like also providing content, let's say like a form, right? And then basically understanding who they are, what they like, what they don't like, etc. And then continuing their customer journey or their prospect journey along that way. So as we continue along the way, we're continuing to segment based on right the clippets of what we're learning about them. We're then scoring them using our CRM databases, and then we're also enriching them, right? So you can enrich them with some of our data with your CRM or Clearbit or ZoomInfo, et cetera. And then you'll be able to qualify them even with ScaleStack, which is an AI tool that we've used. And then you'll continue to segment again to get a better view of them all in all. So as you're starting to collect right, this data, you can then start better targeting them, marketing them, and segmenting them for basically having an ultimate customer experience. I mean, that's ultimately right what, what we're trying to do as marketing as these trends keep shifting. I know there's a big debate on forms in general, but what are some like necessary fields and what are some like fields you should consider i know some are basically just depends on your brand but what are some things besides what company are you from like your email address that people should think be thinking so they can get the the right data to be able to do the scoring you're saying using ai because if i just gave someone a company and an email you're not really giving get, getting that much information I'm like, yes, we're a form, but we're not the boring form. I'm like, we do embed and integrate into your CRM. Uh, and then we are pretty much part of your entire workflow. So when we talk about forms, uh, to me, it's like I'm looking at and asking questions around what content the individual wants to see. What do they like? What do they dislike? Um, what do they like about our products? What don't they like about our products? What do they want to see more about our products? What offers do they you know, like? What discounts are they might be interested in? How do they want to receive information? You know, what forums do they go to? Uh, so even with 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 marketing millennials as an example, we actually did a we sent out a form to our customer base asking like where do you and we actually did interviews as well to our customer base where do you seek information marketer if you're our ICP right where do you go for information and they said marketing millennials and so to me it's right going after where your marketers are 
or your target segment is, and then hosting content there, educating them through podcasts, webinars, et cetera, so that it's it's like you've listened um, and you're not just spray and praying them. It's actually you're actually going to where they're absorbing information. That's good on you for doing that because I think the one thing someone asked me a question today and I had to fill out a form for their podcast that they want to be on and they're just like, what is something you like, what is your philosophy in marketing? Is just being so audience focused that you're there when they want you to be there, you're there at the places that they are, you actually listening to their problems and letting them speak about their problems instead of you assuming. I think you you could talk about the example that you gave me before the podcast, but a lot of people are just making assumptions and then putting it out in the world. Exactly. And then you actually see it. So, you know, another example, recently I fly on a specific airline and, you know, we have all the miles, all the things. And I, you know, at the end of the flight, it's like, take the survey and see if you, you know, you enjoyed or if there's any recommendations that you have. So of course, me being who I am, I'm like, yeah, I want to see what this right horrible form looks like or survey looks like, and they should be using type form. But needless to say, I filled it out. Um, next thing you know, I get an email. It doesn't even say my name, right? It didn't say, hi, Patricia, thank you for filling out the survey. And to me, it's like, you know what seat I was in, you know what flight I was on, you know probably exactly what I was drinking. It's like you could have sent me, right, an email that's like, hey, Patricia, you were in flight 29 or seat number 29A or flight number X, you know, pleasure for flying, your blah, 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 miles, you know, miles, thanks for taking the survey, here's a voucher of some sort. It's like going that extra mile to know that, hey, we've listened to you. We, I mean, you guys know, right, all that information, but, they, you know, it's understanding. It's A, understanding the data that they're collecting, but also, right, also looking at your database. Like you have all that information about me, why don't you use it in your marketing? Because the minute you start, right, personalizing it to that extent, it's, it becomes more relevant for that individual. Some of the questions that you can get out of it, like, what is your experience with the staff? What is like, did you enjoy your refreshment? You can use that like, oh, I'm sorry you didn't enjoy your Diet Coke on, here's a free like drink voucher for the next time so you can get something different or something like that where you like can even get to another level of like you collecting. Like that, that's like very smart of airlines collected like hey that person ordered a diet coke like let me put that in so for the next time imagine next time you get on the flight and be like hey patricia you got a diet coke last time do you still want that diet coke or you're thinking something different that would be such a better experience on the flight as well and then it'll make you want to you know fly there um you know fly uh, on the next flight as well exactly that's why to me it's like the data is everything um and so platforms like a type form right where you can go collect data based on the forms that they're filling out um, and based on the lead collection you can start learning um about right the persona the individual etc and to me it's like it goes beyond a little bit deeper than understanding right the generic persona but actually understanding someone's habits and how they like to consume information and then targeting them in that way and it's like you're building the relationship and i think when i look at you know, what amazing marketing is, it's the audience driven, you know, or I should say data driven marketing, but it's also understanding right, their audience and personalizing it and making you feel special. And then I think in turn, that's what generates right the happy customers to actually want to do more with you and buy with you. It's like all becomes this relationship. 
Um, and I was toying on a couple ideas around type form on how it's not only conversations that we're building right through the form, but it's also relationships. Like we're trying to build the relationships by being able to understand the individual, segment them, giving them the content that they want to consume, targeting, right, enriching, segmenting all the things um, for them to have a better experience with us. At what touch points do you recommend people introducing a form? Because obviously there's the touch point of someone filling out a demo, there's a touch point of someone subscribing for a newsletter, but like what are the extra touch points? Because you can't get all that information in one form. Sometimes you can from like a survey and stuff, but like what points of the journey are you inserting the forms to get this information? It can be throughout. I think the, the best success that we've seen are customers embedding the form on their website um, and then integrating it right with their CRM and integrating it through like zaps and, and whatnot. Um, but when you're embedding the form on the site, I mean, you can do a couple things. Like you can, you know, I, I think about this one customer that we have, they're both B2B and B2C and they target both. And so um, they're a hairline um company and they basically will let you fill out right a form that's asking about the different hair types and then tell you hey you are this hair type therefore you need this type of shampoo and conditioner which I love because heck they just collected all my information but then in return right I got my assessment of the type of shampoo and conditioner I need also on their website they're also targeting businesses right in those companies in which they should be buying their line of product so now it's saying what kind of business are you? Are you part of a salon? Are you by, you know, a standalone independent? How many clients do you get? What is your goal in right your company? And then it's giving them, you know, here's the, the, out of all the products we have, here's the line that you should rec that we recommend the most for professional use. So it all depends. I think, like I said, the best use case is on your site because you can not only do right quizzes, on your site to get people interested um, into your product, but you can also do lead generation, right? Getting someone to sign up for your product, getting someone or a companies to, you know, look at a demo, download um, or join a webinar, uh, download a white paper, even though I'm against the white paper situation at the moment because it needs to be more interactive, uh, but, but you get the idea. More ways to grow your business with Typeform. Collect more and better data with forms that embed where people see them. From web to email, Typeform can help you ask the right questions at the right time to reveal deeper insights about your customers and prospects. Learn more and get started for free at typeform.com. So once you've collected all this information and you've scored them, they're in your CRM, how are you setting up campaigns to make sure like you're delivering the right information to the right people at the right time? Like, what is the process like for that? So after you start collecting right all this data, you then start as you know as they generate in your data warehouse or your CRM, you can then start segmenting it in different groups. So a couple of examples could be you know I want to segment the marketers. You know, the marketers in this age group that have, I'm making this up, you know, intent of X, Y, and Z could be a group. Another group could be it's customers that use X, Y, and Z, but haven't turned on blah, blah, blah into integration. And therefore it's that group. So you start thinking through the various cohorts of the types of campaigns you want to run that'll drive, you know, revenue to your business. Um, as you develop these segments, 
like there's things like segment or some type of uh, CDP. It doesn't have to be a CDP. You can use also things like Sixth Sense with their ABM platforms or demand base, which is another ABM platform, or you can even do it within your, your CRM is after you build out these segments, you can then start pushing out ads to them. So, you know, an example um, that we've been thinking about is as we build out the segments, right, you can build them in Zoom Info and then push out the the ads, which actually will have right a type form attached to it to have uh, someone right interact with our content. You can send it through LinkedIn, Meta, et cetera, through Zoom Info, or you can do the same through Sixth Sense. And then uh, as the information comes through, you're also piping it into your CRM. So you're also sending emails. You're also inviting them to webinars. So then it becomes like this continuous flywheel. So you can build the segment in whatever tool that you might have, whether it's like I mentioned your CDP or your CRM. Uh, and then, um, you know, a lot of these tools are connecting to paid ads and email and pretty much all of your your main tools. And so you can then push out and have, you know, a, a integrated flywheel as you go target and segment them. And of course, right, Typeform can be part of on your website, but it could also be part of the ads, um, you know, as you go ahead and target them, um, as they start filling out the form, you then continue to enrich them, right, to understand who they are. Uh, and then you can actually qualify and then segment again, depending on where they are in the customer journey. It's a good flywheel because like the flywheel really is collect, enrich, score, segment, figure out the segments, for a segment that you don't want to, that you don't have enough information on, you can push out things to get more information for a segment that you have enough. You can push out to get to this campaign. And then you kind of, it's a, just a process of collecting, keep collecting, keep enriching, keep getting that segment tighter and tighter so you can deliver the best information at the right time. Um, and now with AI, it's even better because of scoring and machine learning. If you're getting that information in, more and more, You're, that the knowledge and the score of the, those people are easier to. You have a better idea of who is actually ICP and who is not ready to be ICP yet, um, and we need to market to these people more. You, I mean, you nailed it. I feel like you know, with with AI, it's starting to analyze and segment the data better so that we can have more actionable insights. You know, in ways that enable the customer or the prospect um, to work. You know or I should say, to sign up, you know, more more quickly, if you will. And that's why it's good to, like, have so many processes where you are collecting first party or zero party because yeah. you can't rely on getting that information all from Meta or Zoom Info. You need to be, like, Zoom Info is not going to give you that their favorite drink is a nice latte. Like, I'm sorry. It's going to give you firmographic, maybe some budgeting info information it will give you some things that demographic information but it's not going to give you the stuff that wouldn't be able to say i like newsletters instead of podcasts okay maybe i should send newsletters to this person um exactly exactly i mean there are tools out there you know one in particular that we're using is scale stack that actually um peruse, I'm like, I know it's a little outside of zero party data, more like first party data, but they have an AI technology that basically looks at LinkedIn um, and things that are publicly accessible on the web and then bring it forward. So 
you know, if one of your leads that came through Rate Zero Party was Patricia, um, they can peruse my LinkedIn to say, oh, she, you know, likes having a muffin every morning, um, you know, and puts that into an algorithm so that as our sales team follows up, they actually have, they spend less time doing discovery because they can see like, okay, She's into, you know, F45, likes her muffin, into fitness, that, that, that. Therefore, maybe we should more tailor the the email that we send her or the phone call that we have to who she is um, versus like, hey, I saw that you downloaded the white paper. Do you want to speak? Or, hey, I saw that you were on our website. Do you want to talk? It's like gives it a little bit more, a little bit more personalization, if you will. And I still remember this, and this is, shows how good of marketing it is. Like someone saw on LinkedIn that I talked about like how I like Seth Godin books. They sent me like a package of like purple cow, which was like a purple cow mug. And and, yeah, but they sent me like a purple cow mug, the book, and they sent me like a handwritten note. Like I think they used reach desk to do it. It might've actually been reach desk. They did it, but it just like, they took something from my LinkedIn. They personalized the journey. I got the book. I, I, I now I think about like when I think about like that software, I think it's reached us. I think they gave me that a good experience and just just a little thing by just looking at my LinkedIn and saying, right. and like, oh, this person like, feel probably better. Yeah, yeah, the way better that they actually took the time. Even when they someone just looks at your LinkedIn and say, hey, I see you love talking about X, Y, and Z. It's just so much easier to start a conversation than, hey. I know you're a head of marketing and we talk to head of marketing as well. Like it's a little more personal. So Sometimes it's a, you don't want to be too creepy. Like I think marketers need to bridge the gap of like being too creepy in the personalization, but just right enough. So it's, being able to collect the zero party data to say, you know, okay, I remember giving them that information or yep, I wrote, you know, on my LinkedIn that I love Seth Godin books, but you know, someone coming out of left field that's like, hey, I, I mean, I just got an email like this actually recently that's like, hey, um, I see that you connected with so-and-so. I just wanted to follow up. And I'm like, creeper, I didn't connect with so-and-so. So either you were looking at my LinkedIn and seeing, right, a connection that I might have that may have perked my name. But, you know, it's 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 to that extent. It's like, I'm not sure. It's like, that was creepy. So, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think <laughs> marketers have to have a fine balance of like when it's elegant enough to do it and then when it doesn't become creepy. And then, you know, I think there was a realm a couple of years back where when ABM or ABX was starting to get more known, people were putting personalization in every single email to the point where I'm like, oh gosh, you got it so automated that some of these emails actually you forgot to put my name and it's like name, right? In parentheses. (laughs) Or they were doing right the account-based marketing ads with like the company plus plus the other company to go target them. And then it started looking like, you know, ads, um, if you will, that you didn't get permission to go send. So I think there's like a balance to do it, but as I, I genuinely believe it all comes from collecting the data first. Yeah, and I also think if you do what you said about segmenting people into groups, you can also like say, we know so much about these people. There are high value customers. Let's do more personalization that's also human mixed with data, like use the human version of it and go after them versus people who are not ready to convert. Maybe you send them more in an automated place i know you wanted you talked about this a little before this podcast but you can have those varieties once you you've segmented to know that hey higher icp higher intent we should 
doing more personalization. Sure. Exactly. That's exactly. yeah. So yes, um, so we've talked about collecting the data, make sure you score and make sure you you segment to do marketing campaigns. What are some like interesting examples of things that you've done based on collecting data that saw some good results? Yeah, we just uh, announced recently our data report. So we basically over the last, I think it's 10 years or so, we've collected data from just our customers around, you know, how they're using Typeform, the Typeforms that they've created, et cetera. And it was like our first pretty much like data-driven piece of content um, because I am trying to have the team just think a little bit outside the box. Like, hey, if we're going after a specific target audience, what is the type of content they want to see? And let's not just guess and say it's it's these elements. And so we launched this data report and I actually got a really nice email from a customer, which has never happened uh, before, <laughs> that basically told me, uh, you know, thank you. Um, I love Typeform's angle on zero party data. Um, be, we've been using Typeform for 10 plus years. Um, and because of leveraging Typeform, they've generated over $3 million of business um, from using our form versus static forms um, by basically embedding it on, on the website. As you embed forms on the website, it's a 70 plus percent um, completion rate over other forms. And so I feel like that specific story touched my heart because when do customers actually reach out and send a nice email? Um, I know, right, we have a lot of happy customers in our community and social, et cetera, and I'm thankful for them. But it's really touching when a customer sends like a personal email because it's actually touching right what we're trying to do with the whole customer's journey and personalization. So that's an example of a piece of organic content that we put out there. And I had some great data points. Um, you guys should definitely, definitely read it or take a look. Uh, but it was nice to get a customer uh, proof point back on how he's leveraging radar software and, um, and, and what's, what it has done as far as value for him. I think since we're in the age of efficiency now, I think one of the best things that people don't think about testing is like, their form experience on their side. I think they think about, hey, let's change the copy, let's change the headline, let's change some colors. But they don't maybe add some questions or take out some questions in the form, but they don't ever think about like, hey, maybe the form experience is not matching the brand guidelines or if it matches the brand or feels natural. So could you talk a little bit about like that? Like what do you see when people actually do that? Because I think that's a good part of basically taking in this funnel of people and making it more efficient as it goes down the funnel. Like when I look at Typeform, it's more like a conversational form. So it's like building the relationship and asking probing questions to, to get someone to respond further. But it's like after you take the form, you're like, oh, that was enjoyable. Like it didn't feel like, you know, first name, last name, email over and over again. So to me, I think the setup of a Typeform is a little bit different um, when you stick it on your website or put it on your website. Um, however, though, when you start looking at other forms um, that people do put on their website, I mean, I remember working at companies where I used to be like, just stick an email. Like, why do we have to have seven fields? And it's like, well, the seven fields have to match what's in Salesforce. And you can't really, you know, delete any questions or add any because it's going to mess up our attribution and the way we measure and blah, 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 blah. And I remember having those conversations thinking, is that the best customer experience? Like to me, that sounds like the company problem and not the, the customer problem. Like if someone comes to our site, already put in all their information, when they come back, they should just be able, A, we should either recognize them or they should be able to put in their email address and then we can just enrich the back end because we know that they've showed up to our website before. 
So it's, it's, it's that additional layer of understanding who they are. But I'm right there with you. I think, you know, less questions is better. Um, if pe- multiple people come to your site over and over, you should, if they already give you the email or their first name, last name, it should already be pre-populated when they come back or you should ask just less questions. Um, and I really think it's asking questions that you physically need um, to do your job or you could just ask them the first question and then progressive profile them maybe the next time they come to the site with the second question or the third. So um, I feel like it all depends on like the the end game of what you're trying to achieve. But if you're just trying to get someone in your product, like a simple email is fine because once they sign up and they are in the product, we can then be more clever in the product and have a nice conversation with them in the product to get them to do more. You know what I mean? And so if it's like, hey, I want them to fill out this quiz so that I can figure out what hair type they are, then maybe it'll be more than three questions. So I think it all depends, but I'm right there with you. It gets daunting. Like when you see the form of like, oh, here we go. I got to fill out now this (laughs) 20 fields. So I think, you know, to me, companies should err on less and think about the customer experience versus how they're internally set up with with data and analytics and, and reporting. And it's also what you're saying is different go-to-market approaches require different experiences, like a PLG motion, like get them in the product as fast as possible. We can have like a get started form or, hey, introduce you to the product form. But if you're requesting a demo, you might need maybe one or two information to make sure you score the ICP right. And that can change based on based on what you're seeing down funnel, like sometimes you're scoring them and it's just like, well, they're not converting. Maybe you should change the fields a little bit to rescore them and figure it out. So it all depends on your motion and what you're and what point of entry that person's coming into your world. And then you could figure out ways to get more and more down the funnel, like a newsletter. Now you, if you're a newsletter, if you get someone in a newsletter, now you have their email. So Maybe you get their first name and email, and then now on the next form, if they come and schedule a demo, you have first name and email, you can make it an easier experience to do more. What is a marketing hill you would die We're going to go with, with inclusivity. So I'm like, it's the way you communicate. I think, you know, it, it ties into like your marketing, but to me, it's like you need to be super clear in your communications, the way you talk to people, and just you know, being inclusive all around, I think is like the biggest one for me. I think you could go so many different ways with that, but that's just like inclusivity just means like you're taking the time to understand your audience and not just make assumptions. That's right. Um, so lastly, where could people follow you on Typeform and your journey and even sure. download that that paper that you were I talking about? I definitely download the paper. Happy yeah. to you know, share it. <laughs> Uh, follow us on typeform.com follow us right on our social handles as well through typeform and of course i'm available on linkedin you know would love uh would love to chat with anybody and learn more and you know just geek out on marketing tools and marketing overall and uh, thanks to the marketing besties who also use typeform i, I love that that market millennials is in the typeform world as well so and let me know who, which of you use Typeform. I want to know who you are. So thank you so much for joining. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. Tune in next week to hear more great insights from marketing's coolest operators. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing to the Marketing Millennials podcast and giving it a five-star rating 
It helps bring more marketers into our community.